another episode of One Shot, One Quill. No. A sleepy time. No. Fantasy tabletop podcast. Oh, now ben, I, ben, hear I, me. I, no, I no, did not approve this. I'm very sleepy. Hear me out. You We're doing two in a row, and we got to conserve the energy, man. You have Let's not just sent me dial it a back. approval request for this intro. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Hey, there's actually something very special about this episode. Is it number 10? This is number 10, unless we Ooh. cut one of the past three. I planned on going back and deleting six just out of yeah, spite. Yeah, I mean, we all hate that one. Uh, Everyone hates that one. I can't oh, remember. No, what that it was. was the one with Brittany on it, wasn't it? Oh no! Oh, hang on. Fuck! I take it back. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Uh, the Haggle Rock. Fuck you, Jack. No, no not Haggle Rock. Hope y'all it's enjoyed done. it while you had it. At least cut it when I'm not here. It's going away in the Disney. At least cut it when I'm not a part of the next episode. <laughs> well, what would be the point? I can't hurt you if I do it when you're not here. Jack, we need you to hold the scissors to cut. No, I don't want to do it. It's my child. Yeah, this is big one o. Big one o. The only other time we're gonna celebrate is when we get the big one o o. I was actually going to celebrate every episode from now on. Oh, <laughs> next episode, the big one one. Well, that sounds kind of fun. We could do that. We could make it yeah. like a grand spectacle every time. At this point, I'm already surprised we got this far. So, speaking of getting this far, we've gotten quite far without introducing ourselves. Mm-hmm. I am Spencer. Uh, over there is my regular co-host Ben. Yeah, and with us again is our guest Jack. Hit mm-hmm. from episodes two and three. Jack, how you doing this and week? Nine. Oh, <laughs> and nine. I'm doing great. I'm I'm happy to be back. I always enjoy coming up with weird, fantastical ideas with you guys. So I'm happy to be back. I'm just kind of annoyed you guys name dropped nine because now I have to let it release and I can't delete that one too. Uh, yeah, this is a show. I'm just, I'm going <laughs> to... Not even made, let that I just, happen. I thought the banter was going to go longer. Ben, no. What do we do on the show? This is a show in which we brainstorm a tabletop RPG one shot. Uh, a lot of the times it's fantasy. Sometimes it's not. We take a prompt that's listener submitted and two items that are listener submitted. And then we randomly select them. We squish them all together. And out comes something that we hope uh, is a good starting point for you to throw monsters and dungeons and puzzles into to create a one-shot. Ben, I'm going to put that in, in easily your top ten intros of all time. I think it was my top number one intro. It was it excellent. Was, it definitely had the least amount of punctuation marks on it. I actually mm. know what this podcast is about now. Now that we're ten episodes in, uh, I've finally solidified what this podcast is about. Ben, do you want to go ahead and roll me uh, one of those one of those many-sided die? The regular yeah. D14 from your bag of dice there? Mm-hmm. And get us a premise. Now, Spencer, do not would- mix it up with the D- D13 or the D15. <laughs> Spencer, how would you like a 12 on that one? A 12 on our D14 translates to a pack of wild dogs which follow the PCs for a while. In the morning, a puppy with unusual markings is found snuggling up to one of the PCs. Well, that's just precious. I mean, it's got to start with the puppy. Like the wild dogs is your background information that you give the players and then. Oh, certainly. The puppy showing up is the start of the one shot. I mean, mm-hmm. if you gave me any agency over the the scenario of a pack of wild dogs is following you, I I mean, I think uh, the vast majority of my characters would eat one of the dogs, and that <laughs> just really throws this whole you, plot hole plot away. 
you do play a lot of characters that want to eat canines. And I've meant yeah. to talk to you about this, but uh, yeah, it's not it even never specifically. feels like overlap to me because like for some of them, it's their bond and for some of them, it's their flaw. <laughs> um, other times they're just <laughs> neutral on the whole thing and they just do it anyway. <laughs> Sometimes it's my alignment, too. It's like I'm a lawful <laughs> dog eater. <laughs> uh, I'll do it if it's offered to me. Meanwhile, it's chaotic and you're just eating it up. I socially eat dogs. Like, I'm not addicted to the concept, but... Look, I've never ate dogs when I'm alone. I only eat dogs when I'm with people. <laughs> and that's the issue. They don't like it. <laughs> Look, I'll I'll go out and eat dogs with friends, but like, holy! F have you ever seen a dude eating a dog alone? It's the saddest thing ever. Waiter, dog for one, please. Like, oh fuck! Mm -hmm. Why didn't you just order out? I'd be more disturbed if it was a group. <laughs> hey, group of people. Well, this eating is one of the worst dog. bits we've ever had. Um, <laughs> ben, can you roll me a d twenty six? Two is what we got. Two. Okay. A mirror which shows a character as a different race or gender. The longer they stare into it, the more they physically exhibit the traits of that reflection. Shattering the mirror reverts the changes, but unleashes a doppelganger of the character. Upon full transformation, the doppelganger actually swaps consciousness with the character who is now trapped behind the mirror instead. Okay, so this is like a somewhat of a picture, picture Dorian Gray, um, where it seems like there's a changeling entity behind the mirror that is swapping its features with yours over time until it eventually fully takes you over if you I, shatter the mirror. I have to assume that the dog is a person who looked into this. That makes the most Ooh. sense to me unless we get another magic item. The The dog is some, you know, maybe someone from the uh, player's past or something that looked into this mirror for too long and got turned into a little puppy. Oh. I like that idea. Jack, did I interpret your prompt here correctly? This this item that you got going? Oh, absolutely. But I also like the idea of instead of like making it a non-binary, like gender switching mirror, like maybe the party is seeing it like a reflection of just a dog. And they're like, oh, that's a cute dog in this mirror. And the more they stare at it, the more they exhibit dog like symptoms where they start getting like tufts of hair. Like, I think this mirror could work for any sort of species. So, you know, if we need to roll with people getting turned into dogs, we can roll with that, too. So it sounds like a, a chupacabra thing lives inside this mirror. And the <laughs> the longer you look at it, the more your features start to resemble it. And then if you go all out and break the mirror, hurrah, the chupacabra is free or something. I, I'm um, sorry. Is that what a chupacabra does? <laughs> a weird dog with markings is what it looks like. I mean, I'm just look. <laughs> I okay, just calls actually, him like I see them. I like that. It's it's some weird dog that's in the mirror. The more you look at that weird dog with these weird markings, <laughs> the more uh, you, the more you turn a into a dog. Uh, and then eventually, eventually, if you break the mirror, you have to fight the weird dog with the markings. Uh, and then if you kill it, I guess people revert back to. Yeah, well, yeah, you know what might help is if we had a second magic item that we could incorporate. That would also help quite a bit. I'm just imagining, I can't imagine a magic mirror just making more things to suck the blood of goats. Um, so yeah, let's get another Again, magic item I'm in only, here. I'm only going on what it looks like. A strange puppy with markings on it just sounds like a dog with mange to me, but mm. like, listen, um, tattoo I, mange, I, was, I, don't, I don't fucking know. I was know. picturing it the... Uh, what was that game on the Wii? Okami? Yeah, Okami. Yeah, it's like a dog with weird Illidan tattoos. 
but in its fur. You lost me. I'm just thinking of Pokemon Ranch. Uh, 23 is our other magic item. Don't know why we didn't want to go down that rich vein. <clears throat> 23 is the Void Hammer. This hammer... Uh, by the way, this one uh, actually came from a, a user-submitted source. Uh, I don't know why I said that like Jack doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> this one came from a member of the audience, though. Thank you, Andy, for this one. The Void Hammer. This hammer is a two-handed martial hammer that can absorb and assume the magical properties of another weapon while destroying it. It cannot hold the magical properties of more than one weapon at a time, so no getting two magical sword abilities in one. But if one magical sword had two magical properties, then it could suck them both down. The magical properties are permanently affixed to the void hammer or until another weapon's abilities are absorbed. Our puppy's so weapons. maybe... Maybe the Void Hammer is Jack, the thing. Hold, ugh. We cannot talk over the fact that Jack did just suggest, what if we crush the dog? <laughs> <laughs> what if it's a weapon? Cannot be skirted past. Our familiar is not why we waited weapons. several episodes to bring you back. I thought we reformed you. <laughs> Jack, lead me through this one, please. Oh I'm God. just, you know, sometimes you, you can militarize like animals to fight for you. So by extension, you know, this puppy could be like a weapon. And if this and void hammer. So you kill it with the void hammer. And what does the void hammer get? It, it, it looks like a puppy. <laughs> There is a rule, I think, in this uh, podcast, where if we bring Jack in for two episodes, on the second episode, he will <laughs> suggest killing something that no one else in the entire world would suggest killing outright. <laughs> I, I only say it because I want to absorb its powers. I think you say it because you want to kill a puppy. I think you just hate anything that's short and sweet. What if it could Jack, I eat dogs, and even that's fucked up for me. <laughs> what if the dog could breathe fire? I want my hammer to breathe fire. We talked about eating dogs for maybe a full five minutes, and that is the most fucked up thing said on this show thus far. Can you imagine, like, the warrior of the group smashes this puppy and is like, that's weird, my hammer wants to yeah, suck the Jack, blood of goats. I can't imagine it because I've played D&D &D with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <gasps> the, you're not, you're not, you're really not. But, so we have a, I think a scenario where we could reasonably contort the wording of the void hammer. The void hammer crushes weapons by definition. What if it just destroyed magic objects in general and yeah. absorbed those properties in whatever way is most fitting? Obviously, it's going to be weird if you're like smashing a, I don't know, a, a fucking a pair of eyes of the eagle that give you advantage on perception checks. It's like, this is my hammer. I see good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's got a fucking magnifying glass on it or some shit. <laughs> it becomes a giant magnifying I, glass. I feel like you could um, reasonably say that a magic weapon would be anything that has uh, magical effects on people other than the user. This is my hammer of elven kind. <laughs> you can't see me now. So... I think I think the hammer is the thing that they have to use to smash the mirror. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's that's absolutely where I was where I was headed. The the void hammer, we use that to maybe um because the the shattering of the mirror seems to unleash the doppelganger fully. Mm. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a character slider where you're one side of the slide and the mirror is the opposite. 
And the more you stare into it, the more the mirror resembles your features and the more you resemble what you're seeing in the mirror. There seems to be, well, there seems to be two termination points to that. The first, I guess, is if you look at it for long enough, eventually you're going to make the swap. But it also says if you shatter the mirror. Once you shatter it. reverts the changes, but unleashes the doppelganger. Yes. I I think Which we've kind of recontextualized to be the monster, but go on, Ben. I I think that the shattering the mirror doesn't revert the changes in this scenario. I think you've got to use the hammer to revert the changes. You've got to smash the mirror with the hammer. The hammer then absorbs the magical properties, and so the hammer has the ability to turn people back into people, I guess. Yeah, so we've got a we've got a, a person who unfortunately looked into this thing for too long, and uh, like Jack said, maybe in lieu of the doppelganger, um, and like Ben said, th- it's the the weird dog creature that came out of the mirror, and so somewhere out in I don't know the middle of the woods or some ancient temple where this thing was found, there is now a mirror lying on the ground where there's a dude pounded on the other side. Help me, help me, get me out of here. So. What is a good hook? Because obviously our conclusion sounds like, oh, we got to use the void hammer to to undo this kind of curse. Maybe this person's friends have sent uh, sent someone searching, sent, sent out a search party. And um, uh, maybe maybe a tracker said like, hey, I've been looking for a missing dude. And uh, I got to tell you, this little dog has something to do with it. Mm. I, I'm I'm imagining that scout having markings that resemble exactly what this puppy looks like um perhaps it was a son of some village elder who was like he was wanting to make his mark and like become part of the village he went out into the woods to find something of great worth and he came back like this little puppy and the village elder is telling you guys there have been more and more disappearances and more and more sightings of these wild dogs coming around the village Maybe there's some sort of connection between the missing villagers and these dogs. Yeah. Can you go and, Ooh, and kind yeah. of working with the dogs to go through the woods and find this mysterious mirror? Maybe all that of the awesome. wild dogs are the uh, missing people. It's just they, I guess, age quickly. So this puppy is the most recent person who has gone missing or from the most recent person who has gone missing. Uh, but the other wild dogs are the... Uh, the people who went missing before this person did. So it says wild dogs and and then puppy with strange markings. Do we want to put like a fun reskin on what these things actually are? Because they seem to be coming from a weird otherworldly place. They could be reskinned hellhounds. They could be blink dogs. I'm leaning um, very much towards a weird twist on werewolves. I'm thinking like this mirror is like the lichen prism where it's like if you mm-hmm. stare into it, you get... Like it's legend, it's elvish legend or whatever the origin is, is you look into it and you get these powers that make you a true primal hunter, like a master of the forest. What the trick is, is it turns you into like this dog. And the more you stay in this primal state, the more it takes you from a puppy to a wild dog, to a wolf, to you start going crazy, wanting to go find your humanity that you've lost. And uh oh! Now you're a werewolf. So I'm imagining some like so, weird werewolf god being behind this mirror. So like it's an ancient civilization made this. They used it to like help them on hunts, but to make it, they had to trap some sort of nature spirit behind on the other side of the mirror. 
they were able to transfer themselves back into their normal bodies, but because they're now gone, people are just trapped. Is that kind of what you're going for? I really like how you said that way more than what I was thinking. Well, all right. Perfect. And so, like, maybe the maybe the ancient culture, what, stared into the mirror as, like, a rite of passage, like, witness your inner hunter in this reflection. They abused it to the point to where the, their humanity became trapped within it. Instead of just mm-hmm. using it to get a little bit better at hunting, they stared at it too long and just lost themselves completely. Ooh, I like that. that they became like primal yeah. animals. That they kept taking it too far and now eventually that ancient civilization is gone and it just left the mirror ancient mirror was used by the ancient tribe um which i'm assuming the now modern tribe has built its foundations around the ruins of the old one because deep inside the ruins is where you find this mirror mm-hmm. this ancient civilization abused the mirror to the point that a lycanthropy pandemic basically spread throughout the tr- uh, whole culture it immediately fell into ruin it's one of those kind of Mayan or Inca, like they just all of a sudden disappeared and they have all these intact ruins. Yeah, um, yeah that's that's a mm-hmm. and the deeper you kind try of an to go origin in story for some lycanthropy in your area. Absolutely. Um, and the dogs. So we we're touching on how these are, are not wolves. When I when I think wild dogs, I picture mangy coyotes, honestly, like like really wimpy things. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you want to stick with that, because maybe this mirror kind of achieved what it wanted it cursed the people that were the the nature spirit cursed whatever people were abusing it but it's been left in there for so long at this point that all the magic it has left in it is creating not full-blown devastating werewolves but just like these wretched dog things okay I like, I like that, that too. I'm imagining Bloodborne where it's like they're not met like mm. you could tell they're supposed to be werewolves but they're just they're fur is falling out and they're just like disgusting and emaciated and yeah at, not at all at the apex like top of the food chain like what was supposed to happen i like this and, and of you know inside this mirror the the ancient spirit has been gathering up all of the people that you know take a guy in throw a dog out um the dogs may be serving no purpose they at one point they would have been a werewolf pack that devastated the countryside but now they're really just a gang of mangy dogs but inside that mirror he's gathering up this great feast so he can consume all the souls get enough power that he can make his return to the escape the mirror you know Mm. uh, make his big comeback from his prison i really like this What, what angles can we even flesh out at this point uh, where is the void hammer? Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good one to touch on. So the culture that we're talking about had the ancient one anyway, the ancient civilization that that abused the mirror. They clearly had the power to trap a spirit in a, in, in a mirror. Mm-hmm. It seems like something they would also have to have the void hammer. Okay, so maybe it's like a like a Legend of Zelda temple type thing where the first room of this temple is the temple with the mirror, or is the room with the mirror. Uh, mm-hmm. but then if you go deeper and fight your way through monsters down, maybe werewolves, actually, now that I say it, monsters down inside of the temple, you can eventually get to where they were keeping the void hammer. Um, yes. I love the idea of here's, here's a little puzzle that kind of hints at what the void hammer supposed to do. Gives you that little video game mini tutorial, so to speak, <laughs> that, that helps you think, oh, this is what I use the big Goron hammer for. Um, the chamber where you find the void hammer Let's say it was when you walk in, the door behind you engages an arcane lock spell. Since the door has arcane lock, 
you really just wait and see how long they they fucking take stabs at it until they realize, oh, if I hit the arcane lock with the void hammer, it just swallows up the fucking spell. Yeah, just making the fact that it absorbs magic the solution yeah. to escape the room could be something. Yeah, I think that's this. This might be going too far, but I'm imagining these primal like unhinged werewolves. Like obviously they didn't want people breaking this mirror and they're attuned to like these strong magical natural powers and if you slay a werewolf with this hammer you actually absorb whatever it's like power was J just to make more use of this hammer and this temple so like let's imagine just off the top of my head a werewolf breathing fire if you kill this werewolf with That's it you're ridiculous. you're it's ridiculous but then your hammer could breathe fire too <laughs> and if you crush the puppy <laughs> no <laughs> it can't come back to this you are fired <laughs> I, I, think, I think I think number ten. It's an episode of firsts. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the hammer has a lot of potential, and it doesn't take very much for the DM to come up with other magical entities in this temple to have fun with this hammer. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, you know, once you're done with this session or campaign, there's something you got to go smash, and that's kind of like your end game. I like the idea of this kind of being a set piece for this like really unique weapon and it, it kind of gives a fun spin on the whole werewolf myth as well yeah um we have a few extra minutes c compared to a normal episode at this point um does anyone want to pitch maybe another void hammer puzzle slash any unique monsters they could fight in here i, I i'm thinking ancient ancient werewolves uh what if we go for like a werewolf mummy hybrid <laughs> i was just thinking back to one of the first episodes i featured in where we talked about mimics and i'm imagining you smashing a mimic with this void hammer and it becoming a mimic that like swallows things up oh yeah that the void hammer's damage does like the additional acid damage it, it has like a from a, a from a mimic's bite and like an open maw and like a tongue that lashes out at people oh that's fun I like that. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, what what is this nature spirit? Because we never really uh, the spirit in the mirror. What, what is methinks an archfey? Okay, maybe maybe this doesn't have stats, but I think there are stats for an enemy Eladrin, which is a type of elf that changes appearance by the season. So okay. there's like winter Eladrin, fall Eladrin, and all that. I think you could easily take one of those. I'm imagining it being like feasting on all of the souls and humanity of this ancient civilization. So I'm imagining like almost like this super powered version of like this strange natural like face spirit, o almost like a her scene from Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls sort of thing. Perfect inspiration for this if you want to flesh that character out. J not like an actual giant werewolf, but like something that is purely like a hunter spirit of sorts there's um there's a fiend inspiration that i i took from the witcher 3 for like a game i a horror game i ran a really long time ago it's a boss that you fight towards the end of the the three hags in the bog what is that thing I think called I know what you're talking about. uh it's yeah it's the beast from crookback bog but what is its name is it just called fiend yeah i think it might be uh, this big old, it's kind of got a werewolf's body, a a shaven deer's head with a third eye and a big rack of antlers, like webbed feet. I mean, that could be a cool aspect of whatever mm. uh, uh, entity this is. 
And I think that could be if you want to do it as like a multi-phased boss fight, you've got like its monstrous form and its more civil Eladrin kind of form or Fey, whatever it is. I like the idea of it. If they're based off of uh, seasons, I like the idea of the Eladrin being winter just because of kind of the symbolism of it. Like the Eladrin has been all used up. It's at the end of its life, I guess, because of how long it's been in this mirror. And it's bitter. And has no leaves. <laughs> I'm also imagining it like putting on the appearance of like this majestic nature spirit. But the more you chip away at it, the more it starts to lose that luster. And you start finding that maybe it was absorbing this humanity to keep up an appearance. And it starts getting darker right. and more of like a Wendigo sort of like frantic, like scattered movements and like lashing out at people. I like the idea of like making this monster sort of become more and more unhinged the more you fight it. Until, if you uh, if you want a real happy ending, the more damage like you could have it in stages, and every time you pass, say like another twenty percent of its health, you could have one of the consumed spirits fall away from the corpse in a recoverable kind of stasis state that you can then save them once you get out of the fight. If you want a bad ending, then uh, <laughs> uh, you could smash the dog. The, <laughs> at, at the end, at the end, the Eladrin turns into the dog. Oh, and you gotta yeah, kill I, the dog. I like, yeah, you know what? It really had to be that, didn't it? Because I like the idea of this being a big front that it's putting on, and once you've really taken all its power away, it's nothing more than a mangy little uh, chupacabra. Oh, <laughs> and then you can fulfill Jack's uh, dark fantasies and smash it with the hammer. <laughs> yeah, and if you do that, please remember to uh, get the audio, record the audio, and send yeah. it to. I'm gonna read off Jack's phone number here. It's six three six. Six 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 one eight hundred. I eat dogs. <laughs> um, I there there's a small discrepancy I want to touch on. Um, and this is a brainstorming podcast, so this could be just two separate ideas here. But we were talking about kind of beating the game by smashing. It sounded like beating the story by smashing the mirror with the void hammer. But we're also talking about a boss fight with the creature inside the mirror. Mm-hmm. Do we picture that if you smash the mirror, that that ends up becoming a fight with the creature like that frees it I'm yes. a, yeah i'm imagining it is unleashed from the mirror upon doing that in fact i don't I th- like that i don't think the being even shows its true form until you have the void hammer like it knows what's coming next so it's preparing itself to just fight you face to face instead of trying to steal faces is there a spell that would trap something in an arcane prison because my first thought was, well, if you smash the mirror, does the hammer take on the aspect of like the banishment spell? And this time it really does the job or like <laughs> it's it's like a soul trap from Elder Scrolls. Or, but I don't know like if that's a D&D. Force cage is force cage kind of what you're talking about? For, force cage is kinda, uh, a mobile invisible cube shaped prison composed of magical force, creating a solid barrier that prevents any matter from passing through it and blocking any spells cast into or out of the area. Seventh uh, level. Any, this does sound like some high-end magic. Any creature yeah. that is completely inside the cage's area is trapped. I Okay, this is an idea. So the void hammer we have proposed, and I know we're running a little higher on time, but I love this premise. The void hammer we have proposed is kind of overpowered, even compared to the one that Andy pitched, which only did weapons. Allowing it to absorb spells is bazonkers, especially when you talk about a seventh level spell like Force Cage. I have a couple ideas for that. Number one, you could do it the way spell scrolls technically work, which is if it's on your spell list and you know how to cast it, but it's at a level higher than you're capable of, you got to roll a sufficient arcana check to successfully cast it. Otherwise, it may not work. 
You could take that aspect to the Void Hammer, and since this is a 7th level spell, I'd almost fucking bet you whoever's wielding it is not going to be capable of doing that. You could have them swing the hammer, hit the mirror, hard enough that it's going to rip the magic away, dissolve the Force Cage, but not sufficiently capture Force Cage as a spell for the hammer. It would basically only work as a master dispel magic in that case. Like, the the hammer Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to retain that ability. Because if it could, holy shit, you have a god weapon, throw that thing away. (laughs) Um, That's a good way to keep it in balance. You could also, by swinging it at this mirror, which I love the idea of it having Force Cage cast on it, um, you could have the Void Hammer hit Force Cage and then immediately reconcile that by casting Force Cage around itself, such that... The Void Hammer has just effectively become a sword in the stone. You've used it to dissolve the mirror, but that thing's also now boxed in an invisible cage that you will never be able to get through. And then now you also have to fight a fiend. Just a couple different ideas for folks that are, you know, if they want to stick with these characters longer and they don't want to deal with an overpowered weapon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But if you do either of those, then you are a wuss. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you are. You're a coward and we don't want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Don't send us your ideas to at D&D but Pod on do Twitter. St- do still send the audio of your party killing the dog to Jack's phone number. And again, that is 636-666. And do rate us on iTunes. Do rate us on iTunes. Uh, I think we have a finished adventure. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think we need uh, a name. So, Jack? I regret to pass the buck to Jack first. <laughs> Well, it's fine. I I like the idea. I, I said it a while back, but Lycan Prism. I don't know. It, it's it's oh, just fun. God. It's just a fun sounding like fantasy name. It's simple. It's a werewolf mirror, but like it's got like that I, that nice juicy it, thesaurus no, edge to it. It's great. It's especially great because it's not what I thought you were gonna say, which was Magic Dog versus Hydraulic Press. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was gonna say Whack a Pup. <laughs> <laughs> Lycan Prism Whack a Pup sounds <laughs> sounds like our sounds like our winner episode ten. It's got to have a colon name. Uh, <sighs> Thank you again for listening. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, ben, you can tell the yeah. fine folks how to send us more suggestions. Wh- what's that sweet? Yeah. What's that tweet? Sweet uh, tweet handle. Uh, re- I'm gonna just first off say, uh, you know, remember to share us with your friends. Uh, we're now ten episodes in. And we appreciate all of you that have done so already, because I don't think we'd have anyone if we were relying on our own friends. Uh, Uh, And that's a dig on (laughs) all of them. So, uh, yeah. Happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you want to send us suggestions of items or prompts, you can head over to Twitter. And our Twitter handle is at DNDpod. That's D-N, the letter N, D-P-O-D. Oh my god, such growth. We didn't establish a, a, a deep explanation on how to spell pod. <laughs> it was just P-O-D. P-O-D. Then we're growing. Uh, you know, it's been long enough that I think they get it at this point. I hope. Uh, our theme song is Ella Tavera del Goulier by Morgan Labard. Uh, I'm not even going to do my normal joke on that one. Uh, listen to the rest of his music, though, I guess. Yeah, yeah, his estate needs it. R.I.P. You know, <clears throat> Jack, anything you want to plug? Yeah, I actually have another podcast with you, Spencer. It's called Blunder Phonics. It's a history, <gasps> but mostly more like 
more of a comedy-centric podcast about the troubled productions oh, of music albums. I know, who cares about all that historical I stuff? I thought I was going to have to read for it. No, it's going to be a bunch of laughs. We talk about artists who went into the studio expecting to make a masterpiece, and through no fault of their own, or sometimes through an entire fault of their own, they end up making something <laughs> cursed through whether or not their studio is being flooded by ghosts and actual water to they're just a bunch of assholes who take 10 years to record a hard rock album. There are a ton of great albums and a ton of terrible albums I make Spencer sit through and discuss One with me. One time a guy um, uh, shoved his, uh, I, I believe it shoved his trumpet player into a literal barrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk about. I think that was something. Threw him down the stairs. Uh, yeah, they form like a commune, and like this guy just rules over their every aspect of lives. It's really funny. It's really funny to talk about. Yeah, the tragedy is hilarious on that show because yeah. it happened so long ago. These these assaults sound really hilarious. I got to be honest. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, Jack, tell them about the black metal episode. That um, was a riot. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug, Spencer? <laughs> well, I have uh, I have another podcast called The Cock and Bull. Uh, it is a, a comedy history podcast. Not unlike what Jack's described here. Um, no book reading required. You know, you, you could have flunked out of high school and you might enjoy this podcast. I did. Um, in fact, that's my new target audience. Um, yeah, my brother and I go over fun. Uh, typically, it's medical history. Uh, a lot of a lot of psychologists and self experimenters throughout history, mm. but we go over all sorts of shit. We've had a lot of uh, weird European religious history lately. Go check that out. Links to our other shows are in the description. Ben, um, do you have a plug? I mean, normally we don't we don't talk to each uh, other about this. You know, I don't really, but. Uh, looking back, uh, I think that my intro and outro were too competent, so I've got to ask, uh, is it too late to restart this one? Mm, let's do it. <clears throat> Welcome back to another episode of One Shot, One Quill. Oh, no, that was supposed to be the end, but we do have to restart it. <laughs>